You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name, of course, is Andrew McKay-Smith. Hope you are well. The interview subject that I've got coming up for you is Gina Gleason, the supremely talented guitarist and vocalist in US outfit Baroness. Now, the reason for the conversation with Gina is to talk up Baroness's appearances in Australia throughout March 2020. I'll read out some dates. The first gig is with Deftones. Baroness is supporting Deftones. In my view, it should be the other way around, but whatever. At the Fortitude Music Hall, which will be the first time I get to experience a band in this wonderful new venue that we have in Brisbane. March the 18th, that one is. Then a couple of days break. March 20th, they're playing the Download Festival in Melbourne. Then it's the 21st, they're playing in Sydney at Download. The second last show is at Adelaide. That's also with the Deftones on March 23rd. And the final gig, well, it's not in Australia, it's in Auckland, it's in New Zealand, but I'll read it out anyway, March 26th. So here she is, Gina Gleeson from Baroness. Thank you for waiting. You are now connected. Please go ahead. Thanks a lot. Hey, Gina, Andy McKay-Smith speaking. How are you going? Hey, I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Yeah, plugging away. I uh, just dropped the kids off to school, and uh, because it's morning over here, you probably know that. But uh, just uh, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. Just I, I'd had a few beers last night, to be quite honest with you. So I thought I'm not feeling dusty or anything like that. But I thought, you know what? I feel like some McDonald's, which I hardly ever get. <laughs> and I went to go into the line at the yeah, drive-through, and I think everybody else had the same bloody idea. So I actually had did a Yui, and no, I've just got my peppermint tea now. So there you go. There's my story for this morning. <laughs> you bailed on bailed on McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, you don't. You, yeah, the problem man. is, yeah, it's the same. I've been in the states a lot, so I know what it's like. It depends if some punish is in front of you and they want to change the menu. You know what I mean? And you're like, you're there for twenty minutes. This, yeah. Thing, can you please get your bloody sausage and egg muffin or whatever it's called in the states? That's what it's called here. And go right. Yeah. Because we've all like got lives to get on. Prepared myself a, a beautiful <laughs> spread, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. All right, I'll, I'll kick things off. I know I've got a fairly short period of time here, but um. Look, I've been a fan for some time of the band and of your guitar playing in particular. I'm particularly extremely impressed with the way that you can sing and play guitar the way you can at the same time. It demonstrates an extraordinary level of uh, adeptness and skill. But uh, I'll get to that in a sec because I want to talk about this, uh, these shows in Australia. And so the first question is, is this your, your first time in Australia personally? Or are you looking forward to your first time in Australia with this visit? Yeah, this is my first time personally... Uh coming out of Australia so yeah I can't wait it's uh it's somewhere I've always you know wanted to visit and just being able to go there and and, and do these shows I think it's gonna be awesome yeah yeah and it's they're the interestingly titled side shows I know they say that because you know I'm in Brisbane so obviously the side show is available to the download massive thing that's happening in Sydney and Melbourne but uh mate I think it's a standalone event Baroness and Deftones almost uh, are more appealing to most people to, people to be quite honest with you and that's certainly the chatter that I've picked up online with the Australian fans and actually going to download so I mean uh, this this partnership right. yes, this partnership here with Deftones I don't think anybody would have picked it but holy shit I mean that's two headlining bands so I mean that's that's a hell of a, I, a duo I think it's really fun yeah, yeah. I, I am just I'm such a huge fan of them and um, I've I've personally only ever like hung out with Abe, uh, their drummer, um, but everybody in the band seems really, really nice. And yeah, I mean, I've been a fan for years, so mm. I can't wait to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, it feels like a well-curated night of, of cool music. So 
I'm excited. And check out the venue that you'll be playing in in Brisbane as well. It's called the uh, Fortitude Music Hall or the Valley Music Hall. Anyway, that's it's Brisbane's entertainment precinct there. But this magnificent newish venue, I don't even think it's 12 months old yet. But uh, I haven't even been there. I think you guys will be the first time that I actually watch a band. You guys will definitely be the first time I watch a band there. Oh, cool. Um, it's a heck of a place to play. And I hear the, the acoustics are, are seriously world-class. They spent so long engineering that room to ensure it's got opera house-style acoustics meaning that no matter where you are in the wow, room, you can hear cool. everything. So, yeah, if you're doing sound check yeah. and you can sort of walk around with a wireless pack and sort of listen to yourself, I'd highly recommend doing that before the show starts. Cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it's great to hear. Because, yeah, I wasn't sure, uh, you know, exactly where, what was up with those venues. Um, but, yeah, I'll check it out tonight. That sounds rad. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. So when, you, when you're putting together a set list, uh and you're you're going on stage. I guess you're going on stage before Deftones, are you? Is that right? Because I mean, that's certainly how it looks uh, um, with the tour pro- promotion that I'm looking yeah. here. I mean, you must be. I mean, what's? How, I mean, every one of your songs. I saw you guys. Uh, well, I saw the band back in 2010 when uh, on supporting uh, Metallica and Lamb of God way back then. And cool. I understood back then why James Hetfield was such a big fan of the band, and I hadn't heard of the band prior to that, but. Man, you, you've got a lot of fans down here, and I hope you know that. So, how do you sort out a set list for your Australian fans? Um, we've been working diligently on that the past uh, like three or four weeks because we, yeah, we get together uh, three or four times a week to practice. Usually, at least twice, like everybody, and then John and I will get together and, and just focus on guitar stuff um, mm. a couple additional days. But yeah, we were kind of laughing about that this week because um since we got home from our last tour we've just been like kind of brushing up on everything and and uh kind of zeroing in on all the golden gray stuff but um mm. yeah we're, we're kind of laughing like there's too many songs <laughs> yeah. um but we were talking about bringing back some some older ones cause i think uh baroness was on the blue record when they were sure. down in australia That's the last time on. yep so we're kind of talking about maybe yeah, maybe we could bring back some of the older uh, blue blue album stuff that isn't in the set uh, as often, and maybe we can really zero in on a lot of the newer stuff. And uh, yeah, so we we're kind of just in the process of figuring out uh, the best set list that we can do for like the Australian New Zealand fans. But uh, mm. yeah, we we've we've been doing a lot of uh, doing like extended intros and interludes and a lot that. of the. Nice things that we've picked up on like from the recording process of golden gray uh we've kind of integrated into our live shows it's a little bit more of like a an experience that like takes its time to unfold and uh you know we're not so much just like pounding out song after song after song we're kind of like putting Mm. some space and some atmosphere in between stuff so Mm. i think uh That'll work especially well with like the death tones and uh, the download sets will be a little trickier to do like our full live thing because uh, you know the sets are just shorter and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the the sideshows will be really special. I think they will be. Yeah, that's. I mean, looks quite often what happens is all of the major tours, uh, if they do come here, they only play Melbourne and Sydney. I wouldn't say quite often happens though but the fact that you your management or whoever it might be has been able to sort out these other shows and these other gigs with Deftones men as I say it's it's really quite special for your Australian fan base because I don't think the band uh prior to you 
you being in the band. I think 2010 might have been the only time they were down here. Is that does that ring true for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe so. Yeah, gotcha. Now I know. Or maybe Soundwave. I think they did um, like a Soundwave run uh, yeah, um, before Soundwave. Purple. Yeah, they were interesting. Those Soundwaves. Yeah, it's been a while still. Yeah, the problem with Soundwave was that the bands had about half an hour, maybe less sometimes, and it's never right. enough. You know, I mean, I know what AJ Arash, the guy who was running it, was trying to do, and it was a world-class thing, but I hate festivals, to be honest with you, and I avoid them like the plague. It just It's probably the old man in me, the 40-year-old in me coming out, but I just can't do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> totally. Totally yeah. understand. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. yeah, look, I know, so you joined the band around 2016, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um, Look, I, I did dive into um, your career a little bit, but I, I found a lot of videos uh, of your performing online, and it must be said you're an extremely accomplished guitarist from the perspective, like I said earlier, you can sing at the same time. But you, you do both very, very well, and I'm a musician too, and that's why I'm making the point about it, and I guess labouring on it a bit is because I know how hard it is to do. It's bloody hard, but you've got it down pat. So what were you doing prior to joining Baroness? Um, but hey, thank you so much for, for saying that. that. That means a lot to me, and, and I really appreciate no you saying that. Yeah. Um, before, uh, right, right before Baroness, I was working at um, uh, Cirque du Soleil. It's like a circus company that course, has, yeah. like, um, they do, like, tours and stuff like that. But the show I worked at was um, kind of stationary in uh, Nevada, in Las Vegas. Nice. So I didn't really know what I was getting into joining something like that. I knew that it was like a way to kind of in my mind at the time I was, I was much younger and I was like, I think this is a interesting way to like play guitar for a living, but I didn't really know what that would look like or entail. And, um, it turned out <laughs> it's, you know, 484 shows a year. Oh my God. And, yeah. um, it's, it's pretty monotonous and it can kind of kill your, your creative vibe pretty quick, you know? So I kind of found out, uh, sooner rather than later that that's not really the the mm. life for me as a musician um so i kind of forced myself into just like staying in the house and demoing stuff and just recording and teaching myself how to like record and write music and that was right around the time that i met john and i was like really into just trying to build different soundscapes and stuff so I was doing the deep pedal board dive you know yes. and uh Yes, it was kind of perfect timing. So it was when I met John and we started playing guitar together. Like, oh, we play well together. Um, started singing together. Like, okay, we could sing good together. And uh, it kind of just snowballed from there. So, hmm. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Cirque du Soleil. They're actually in, in Australia. I know there's, there's a lot of companies that do that. They just license it out. But a version of them is in Australia at the moment, right here in Brisbane, actually doing stuff, and they're very popular cool. with families, actually. We were trying to go along and have a, have a bit of a look at it. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, looking... Uh, you, I mean, video rules these days, as you're probably aware, with social media, but you uh, you do appear in a lot of, like, professional... Uh, I guess, they you know, produce videos with shows, this sort of thing. And what I noticed is you're very good at dealing with the media, so does that come naturally? With uh, dealing with what? Dealing with Sorry, the, I didn't catch the... You're right, dealing with the media, to, you know, talking, you know, going on shows, that sort of thing, and talking about guitars and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of just go with the flow. I, I don't know what I'm, like, ever 
doing with stuff like that. <laughs> but um, everybody that's, you know, I'm talking about gear, music, like everybody is kind of the same frame of mind. And I've always had, you know, nice experiences. So mm. I don't know. I, I never plan that, that stuff out. I just kind of go with the flow. And, but yeah, then it turns into like, oh, there's a, this is on YouTube now. Okay. <laughs> I'll just ignore that forever and <laughs> never read any of the comments. And just, oh, that's, uh, live that's smart. Life. That is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> look, that's, that's actually. But, really, yeah. I disguise. Yeah. Look, that is what you just said then. I, I'm a, I'm, I'm back at uni these days and I'm a social media major. I'm a journalism degree, but a social media major. And if I've got any advice for anybody, whether or not you're in the public eye or not, it's that once you post something and it's about a public matter, don't read the comments. Just don't. <laughs> Just move on with your don't, life and yeah. keep on doing your thing because guess what? It's like a... It's like a... <laughs> Yeah, it's just bullshit. It doesn't yeah. mean anything anyway. It's just people with nothing better to do to comment on bullshit that doesn't affect their life one way or another. It's just they've forgotten about it after they posted yeah, it. No matter how it's many. the bathroom but, wall. Yeah, it's so weird in 2020 yeah. and, you know, beyond. I don't know how we're going to figure that out, honestly. it's, uh, it's uh, I, I know. The more I try to get my head around it, to be honest with you, the more I realise I don't understand and more I think we're going to be dealing with very complicated things, especially because I've got kids, young girls you know, what sort of life waits for them sure. uh, uh, with with that sort of thing. I just, yeah, I was thinking about this. Yeah, I was thinking about this last night. I was talking to a friend and uh, he was like, is this just adding to how tedious friendships and relationships already are? Now we have this whole other element <laughs> on top of it. So true, yeah. I, didn't I agree to with exist. <laughs> Yeah, I know I agree with you. Don't worry, it's... um. Yeah, friend, I, this, you know, I think my wife said to me the other day, she said something like, oh, who are your real friends? I said, I don't know. I've got no idea. I'm too busy. Like, right. It's not that I don't value friendships, but Jesus, I haven't thought about that in years. You know, I just got people that I interact with and some people we're friendly with, some people we just sort of deal with on a, on a task-oriented basis, if that makes sense. And, you know, I rarely interact with people on social. I've got my podcast series, of course, and uh, I write for a lot of publications, but I never read the comments. And while someone private messages me, 100% of the time, I've got to say, it's been very positive feedback and really nice. But I've never had any trolling sure. or anything like that, so I haven't had to worry too much about it, but that's just me. You know, I'm, I'm not the star here. You guys are the great musicians that are performing up on the stages, are, so <laughs> they're not, they're not going to come after me, I doubt. <laughs> no. It's... it's... I mean, it's definitely interesting. I get, um, I, I guess, a lot of messages. I think I'm just like surprised that somebody would want to talk to me or ask me something. So like, I always open all the messages, and oh, then is that right? recently, yeah. actually, our, our drummer Seb, and then like just uh, other friends and family are like, I don't think you have to answer all this. Some, sometimes it's like opening the door. Not all the time. Ninety percent of the time, it's very chill and everything's fine. But like mm. every once in a while, it's like this is just opening the door to somebody that wants to keep the conversation going oh, longer God, than one of them. is appropriate uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know it's yeah it's a tedious <laughs> thing and uh, hopefully yeah. figure out the, the boundaries <laughs> as, as a yeah. touring musician i get it you guys get punished with the can we be friends now thing you know what i mean like you probably even get it with interviewers who are like oh i know this person now it's like no we had just a once-off 20-minute conversation and if we cross paths in the future well that's just fate but otherwise that's it. Just leave it. I know what you're saying. It's. it's I guess so. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we could be friends. Like, I feel like you and I could be friends. Oh, we could. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Like, it's just. 
I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, um, I, I guess from the perspective that you're in the public eye, and I think, I think people sort of forget that there are boundaries, personal boundaries. And I, I know you cop it, that's all. I know I was, I was, I did an interview with, um, you know, Trey Zagtoth from Orbit Angel. I interviewed his mother because he famously doesn't do interviews. And, uh, I, you know, I've, I was very, oh, wow. believe me, I was very respectful in my approach to it because, of course, she's, she's his mum. And, uh, you know, if you want to do it, we'll have a conversation. I will send you the, tra- the audio transcript. I will not publish anything without your permission, all of these sorts of things. And, and I've got to say, like, I didn't borrow that from you. I think that's the way to do it when you're dealing with... With people, I think you've got to be, you know, at that level I'm talking about where there's some sensitivity involved because I think people have got to realise and step back that, so yourself, Gina, yes, you're a wonderful guitarist, you're in Baroness, you're an excellent standing musician, world-class musician, but guess what? You're also somebody's daughter and you're also a human being and you have regular human boundaries, you know what I mean? So I, uh, it doesn't surprise totally, me yeah. that, that people want to chat to you, but at the same time, that 10% that sort of want to continue the conversation a lot longer than necessary... Yeah, probably work on your own lives there, champs. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that feels like a, a harsh thing. I, I, I do like talking to people, and like, yeah, they, all of us, like, we love hanging out after shows and, and mm. meeting everybody and, and having conversations, and that that's fun and enjoyable for me. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, I'm just talking about the, uh, the 2% of, uh, of boundary pushers that usually only ever end up, like, being on the Internet. It's never, like... Face to face, People at shows are like, oh, I just saw the show. The show was cool. I'm having a mm. good normal time. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm hearing you. you know. Yeah, no, I'm hearing you. I've, I've met heaps of the bands when they come through. I love meeting them, to be honest. And I, I got to hang out with Kurt from Metal Church for a bit. We you know we have email conversations these days, and he's a, he's a tremendous human being. And uh, I think once you, I think you've got to connect on a personal basis rather than fan to musician and musician to fan, if that makes sense. I think if you've got things in common and you feel like as though you can connect because you're on a similar wavelength just as people, and that's really the way it works. And obviously that makes sense at gigs because people are there to really appreciate in the moment the wonderful music that you're performing for people. Well, I think that makes complete sense that all of the interactions that you've had at gigs have been, from the sounds of things, really positive. Oh, for sure, yeah. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess I've got about five more minutes, so um, I've got a question for you about your choice of guitar. I admire it, Jazzmaster. Are you still playing the, the Jazzmaster? Yeah, um, so I was initially using American Pro Jazzmaster for like lower tune stuff because we do some stuff that's in like uh, like drop A sharp and uh, you know that kind of shit. So mm. I thought the Jazzmaster having like a little bit of a longer scale sounded really cool and just having the big uh like those kind of overwhelmed pickups that are on the american pros sounded really cool especially when we like have it going through like a clean i play a princeton and a deluxe in stereo Hmm. and then a like supersonic cab and um like having like a clean tone with a jazz master and then just like a fuzz pedal on the end of it i thought sounded really cool um but now uh, Fender just made this um, Jazzmaster Ultra, which has a really slick neck profile that, to me, is reminiscent more of, like, I used to play, um, like, a Jackson and a Kramer, like, oh, a little yeah. bit more of, like, a shreddy like. guitar. So I, I like the comfort of, like, these new Jazzmasters that have just come out. So I'm checking those out, and then uh, the tried-and-true 
Kelly always sounds rad to me. Mm. Um, and John often plays a Telly as well or a Strat. So, you know, a lot of the guitar parts are like finger picked or just like riffs that are harmonized. And so it's, it's nice to have that little bit of articulation in yes. our tone, you know, and it's still being able to have like weird fuzz pedals and stuff like that. We try to keep it from getting muddy, I guess, you know, like that yeah. single coil seemed to help with that. Um, you know, having like big humbuckers, sometimes stuff can get a little bit lost in translation, but also, I mean, also having like the hotter output, like single coil stuff, things can get really brash. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this constant, like trying to rein in your tone and trying to have articulation as well. And, uh, trying to have like, just like a, a unique sound. So yeah, we've been digging like Princeton's and deluxes and tellies and the jazz masters and all that stuff. So it's been uh it's been cool having uh having this especially when we were writing the album it's like to me a telly feels a little bit feels like its own instrument in a way you know it's it's so expressive yeah definitely um so i like having that for for writing and, and recording and stuff so mm. yeah yeah i yeah. I, I have noticed that your um the, the wonder of, of videos these days is cameraman uh focused on your finger picking technique uh, I can't remember which song it was. I think it was March to the Sea. I think it was that one. I could be wrong, but I think it was that one. And yeah, you're right about the you know the single coil there. It does give you that that articulate phrasing that I think you need that would be lost with humbuckers or what have you because of the amount of feedback that goes through. And because um, you're playing finger picking and um, using a plectrum too, uh, do, do you find that you have to switch between different pedals when you're doing both? Um. Yeah, I mean, I like having the gain stage so, like, I can constantly add, uh, like, have the, enough headroom to add a little bit more, add a little bit more. So, like, I like having, like, just a nice compressor and then a really low drive pedal and, like, a normal gain and then, like, a crazy fuzz. So mm. you can just constantly add a little bit more, a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's songs like when we play Kerosene, like, that whole intro is finger-picked. And, um, I mean, that's just, like, high high gain the whole time mm. and then other like newer songs like cold-blooded angels is like this really long finger pick intro that's kind of just like a clean with a like a like a little ross compressor like a like a ross clone compressor pedal and mm. uh you know that sounds nice and then you can kind of like add a, a little bit more of low drive until it, the song really kicks in and then you're just in your like normal distortion zone or whatever so yeah yeah i like having uh having options like that um but we're always changing stuff up too you know sweet yeah i don't know whether is that am i is my time done for the conversation i was these sort of things usually someone cuts in and says you've got a minute and then that's it or are they just sort of leaving us to chat and then um i'm not sure yeah the last i just finished one and they were like oh this is like 20 minutes and then this one no one said anything but um i mean hi there sorry um, i can i am monitoring the conversation just because the call did start a little bit later i did let it go a bit longer but it has been 20 minutes so if you'd like to conclude now that would oh. be fantastic okay sweet no worries at all all right thanks very much thank yeah. you well gina it's, it's you been <laughs> well gina it's been an honor to talk to you i'm a fan of the band i love your work with the band and, and your stellar guitar playing long may you continue to do what you're doing by the way and uh 
you know, uh, and being an inspiration to people with what you're doing. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible. I'm just, I'm, being a musician myself, I've been a bass guitarist for 30 years or thereabouts, and I play a bit of guitar, but when I see somebody as adept on the instrument as yourself, it's tempting to get envious, but I don't. I just admire it. I just admire it, and I'm inspired by it. So thank you very much for making the music that you have. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you for the, the kind words. That, that really does mean a lot, and uh, I really appreciate it, man. It's great talking to you. Likewise, and uh, look, I'll throw up some horns in the uh, the Valley Music Hall for you. <laughs> Yes, go get that uh, egg McMuffin. <laughs> my wife just you bought it, it in now. for me. My, <laughs> wife, my wife literally just bought it in for me. She's very kind and went and got it for me. So that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. All right, man. Thanks very much, Jay. Eh? I'll the talk best. to you. Bye. Catch ya. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. It's indicates for the A-List online. And, of course, my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was a supremely talented Gina Gleason from the U.S., hard rock and blues outfit, that's what I'm going to call them anyway, Baroness. Thanks for listening.